You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning, Mission Ridge. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. And as you can tell, uh, we, we certainly did. Uh, I love the Advent candles are still just just barely hanging on. But um, we, we wanted to uh, record the service a little differently today. We wanted you to be able to see our faces. And we want the camera angles and, and location of the cameras to be a little bit more intimate. Since we can't be together this weekend, uh, we thought we would do the service this way so that, um, again, just to invite a little bit more intimacy into this particular conversation. Now, we're just coming out of Advent, and we said that we didn't want to miss Christ this Christmas, that that. So often, Christmas could just rush us right along, and we're left with just a mess in the end. And and we look back, and we find out that maybe we weren't as, I don't know, um, as intentional as we could have been as as parents or or as a community of believers. And so, so we went into this Advent season saying that Advent is a time of preparation and anticipation in the darkest days of the year for the arrival of the light of the world. And we've said that what we're looking at here is not only the first Advent of Christ, but looking forward to that second Advent of Christ. And so we want this to just be the theme as we uh, together journeyed through Advent. And we're coming to the close of 2020, and this year has been challenging. And for a church, it's been challenging for the last two years for us at Mission Ridge. And I know that some of you have been with us that entire time, and some of you have gotten on board this year. But for all of us, I want to talk about what's next. What are we doing as a church? What will be our focus? How are we going to uh, enter into 2021? What's the plan? And to talk about that, I want to bring up a couple verses. And I want to go back to Isaiah 9, one of the other prophecies about the child that would come during Advent season. For a child, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, 
at the beginning of verse 7, it says the increase of his government and of shalom, of peace, there will be no end. And from this verse, I have a strong conviction that God's kingdom will continue to move forward, that God's kingdom will continue to grow, that God's kingdom will continue to have a positive impact in the world around us. And then Isaiah tells us how this will be established. It'll be established through justice and righteousness. Now there's a couple words that we need to look at. In fact, we'll look at three Hebrew words. Two of them are found here in this text. The first is mishpat. And this is idea of justice. The other word found in this passage is Zedekah, which is the word that we get for righteousness. Now, let's talk about Mishpat first. Mishpat is this idea of Eastern patriarchal justice. And let me describe that for you. So in in the ancient Eastern world, you had the father and you had the he had the oldest son, and when the father passed, the older son would would take on the responsibility for the family, for the whole household. And sometimes, sometimes the folks within that household were blood relatives. Sometimes uh, they were uh, slaves, and and that whole system is different than than what we picture today when we hear the word slaves. But we'll probably talk about that in footnotes. But we know that at one point. Uh, Abraham had 316 men. Some of them were born in his household. Others worked for him. And and Abraham had responsibility for, for all those people. Now, when the eldest son takes over for the father that has passed, that's the idea of justice. They are to make sure that they provide mishpat for the entire household, that that everyone is cared for, that the resources of the family are used to meet the needs of the family. And so if, if this part of the family over here, they have a problem, then the son makes sure that that these things are taken care of and he's living out, the, the son is to live out the values of his father. Now, in Isaiah 9, we're told that a son will be given. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. In other words, He's going to live out, he's going to inherit and live out the values of the Father. This is the role of Jesus, and this is the role of his church. And so we are called to live out this idea of justice. Now, justice sometimes has to do with Retribution sometimes has to do with judgment. And that's the word, the Hebrew word, deen. 
Uh, as Marty, our friend Marty puts it, Dean is a necessary part of Mishpat. There are times and places where in order to restore humanity, in order to pursue Mishpat to its natural end, a judgment has to be pronounced and a decision must be made. There comes a time when dis- discussion is over and need and we need to get on to restoring the world. And so Mishpat has this idea of judgment involved in it, but that's not the primary focus. The primary focus is to put things back into its proper place. Make sure that the family has what it needs to function in a healthy manner. And so that is Mishpat. And then there's righteousness, Zedekah. And honestly, sometimes when we think about righteousness, we, th- we think in terms of, of doing right things versus wrong things. And if you do wrong things, you're not righteous. And if you do right things, you are righteous. And it's not that those are incorrect thoughts, but it's maybe a little too simplistic. And maybe it's asking the wrong question. We see this word first in Genesis 15:6. We're told that Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. And so the Lord comes to Abram and says, I'm going to do these things for you. I'm establishing this relationship with you. And we're told that Abraham believed and it was that and that belief was the source was what caused him to be righteous in the eyes of the lord and so as you and i look to help bring justice and to bring about righteousness when we're talking about righteousness we're really talking about helping people to come into a faithful, a faith-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about them recognizing Jesus for who he says he is and embracing him and embracing the life that Jesus calls them to. There's another, another set of verses I want to take a look at that will help us define where we're going in 2021. And I've prayed through this particular verse quite a bit. It's, it's Luke 13, 18 and 19. Jesus says, what is the kingdom of God like? What is the kingdom that Jesus is bringing about? He says, and what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden and it grew and became a tree. Now, that should surprise you. You don't grow a mustard seed. You don't plant a mustard seed in order to get a tree. So what's Jesus doing there? We'll have to answer that. And the birds of the air made nest in its branches. Well, that seems like a strange detail, doesn't it? I mean, we had a farmer. We have a man. We got a garden. He's planting a mustard seed. You would expect mustard to come out. Uh, But in that ancient world, 
there's a problem. Mustard is not something that you want to grow in your garden because it'll just absolutely take over. It'll take over everything. This is a noxious weed. And so the people listening to this are like, wait a minute, what are we, what are we talking about? Like, why would we plant a mustard seed? But it becomes a tree. And it provides shelter to the birds of the air. Well, the first thing that Jesus is saying in this is, is like a mustard seed, God's kingdom can't be stopped. Once you start spreading it, it's just going to go. And it's going to keep going. And it's going to keep going. And it's going to keep going. And we have to trust that. As Christ followers, we have to trust that. Now, we just went through, as a church, a couple years, a very challenging season. And I really believe that God was using that to prepare us. He was either preparing the soil of our hearts or he was helping us grow deep roots. And that's what I really suspect he was doing. Because if you're going to become a tree, you have to have deep roots. But remember in Isaiah, Isaiah said that of the increase of his government and of peace there be no end. And then Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and, and it just grows into this big old tree. Isaiah and Jesus are saying the same thing. That God's kingdom is going to move forward. Now, I want to I want to give you an interesting uh, example of this. I was listening to a podcast this week uh, hosted by Andy Stanley. He's a pastor in Georgia and uh, just a phenomenal leader and talks about leadership quite a bit. And he had Jonathan Reckford, who's the CEO for Habitat for Humanity International. Now, he joined... As the CEO, the chief executive officer back in 2005, and at that time, they were uh, housing or they were helping uh, 125,000 people get into adequate housing every year. 125,000 people. That is phenomenal. But Jonathan didn't think that was enough because their mission statement is they want to create a world where everyone has a decent place to live. Actually, it's their vision statement. Their vision statement says that they want a world where everyone has a decent place to live. And they said, if we stay on, on track with 125,000 people, and that's, that's a ton of people gaining a new home, a new place to live, decent shelter over their head, things that you and I probably take for granted. If we're going to live according to our vision of making sure that everyone has a decent place to live, it's going to take a thousand years to get there. Well, in the 15 years that Jonathan Reckford has been the CEO, they went from 125,000 to last year's 5.7 million, to this year, 7 million people a year. 
are moving into adequate housing. Now, there's a there's a quote that uh, Jonathan talked about that has shaped him, and it's from J. Glenn Gray, who said that generosity is the capacity to participate imaginatively in others' experiences. Generosity is the capacity to to participate imaginatively in others' experiences. And and so Jonathan and his team have endeavored to plant mustard seeds to see this just overtake the garden, to not build... 100,000 homes or provide shelter for 125,000 people. That, that wasn't nearly enough. They want this, they want trees growing up everywhere out of mustard seeds. And so that's what I am hoping to see here in Missoula too. Now, this idea that this tree would provide shelter to the birds of the air comes out of Ezekiel 17. And Ezekiel 17 talks about how Israel would be uh, cut low and, and then deported to Babylon but there would be a time when this shoot would return back to Jerusalem. And even though it's the smallest of the trees, it would be exalted and all the tall trees would be laid low. And Jesus is connecting his parable to this story. And this exalting of the kingdom of Israel, this exalting this of God's kingdom is, is not just for Israel and it's not just for the kingdom itself, but it provides shelter. It provides shade. It provides a spot for people to land. And so the birds of the air, which represents all the nations, have a place to land. And, and so for us here at Mission Ridge Church, we believe that we will grow. But our growth isn't, isn't for us. Our growth is for the community at large. That if, if, we, if we end up in a bigger space, but then we isolate in that bigger space, then that would be a huge loss and would be nothing like the kingdom that Jesus is talking about. And so the implication is this. We have been in a season of planting roots, of, of building roots that go deep. But now it's a time for growth. 
and our growth is not for our benefit. It's not for our benefit, but for the benefit of the community. Our vision says that we are a movement of diverse people living out God's sacrificial love. The people that are going to come through our doors, they're going to have different views on economics and politics and, and even their even understanding of, of who God is. And they'll need to be discipled. We'll be different maybe by skin tone and by ethnicity and, and by the part of the country that we come from and our, and our heritage. We're going to be a diverse people that come together to live out God's sacrificial love. Our mission is raising biblical disciples who develop transparent relationships, sacrifice for others, and heal divisions. And it's the sacrificing for others and healing divisions that helps provide shade and shelter to the community at large that as we grow into this cedar, whatever God intends for us to look like, it blesses, it benefits those around us. And so that's our implication. We have been in the season of planting roots. Now it's a time for growth. Our growth is not for our benefit, though, but the benefit of our community. Now this week, we're going to talk about next steps a little differently because typically... I've invited you to consider, we've invited you to consider what your next steps may be. But I want to tell you what our next steps corporately will be. Number one, we're going to build community. We are a relational discipleship church. Relationship, relationship, relationship. We're going to do life together. And while we're still dealing with COVID, we're going to use all the tools that are available to us to help facilitate community. And when COVID is gone and we could get rid of the masks, have a burning ceremony, I don't know what, but uh, whatever the case, we're going to come together and we're going to build community because that's core to who we are as a church. Everything else extends from building that community. Number two, we're going to make disciples. Jesus said, go make disciples. And so that's what we're going to do. We are a relational discipleship church. You've probably heard me say that a few times. You're going to hear it some more. I hope you'll forgive me. But that's who we are, and that's what we're going to do, and that's what we're about. And as we go, as we live our lives together, as we do ministry together, as we become and provide shade for the community, we're going to make disciples. We're going to spend time in our care groups. We're going to add more care groups. We're going to spend time in our life-transforming groups. We're going to add more life-transforming groups. We need time together and time in God's Word together, wrestling over what God says about himself. And so we're going to do that together. Number three, we're going to invest in leaders. 
the kinds of things I believe God is calling us to is going to require leaders. We're going to bring about new ministries in 2021. They are going to require leaders. We're going to do new things in 2021, and that's going to require leaders. And so we're going to invest in leaders. This has been a passion of mine uh, since my time in the military and the very first church that I was a member of. The pastor there started investing in me as a leader, and 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 the rest of our church, we had actually a, a pretty large leadership team, and I've had that investment in me for years, over and over and over again, through a lot of gifted men and women, and we're going to raise up gifted men and women within our church, within our ranks, for accomplishing the work that God has, for leading people, for accomplishing tasks that God puts before us. And so you'll hear us talk about the Emotionally Healthy Leader because it's a fantastic resource. And we're going to use that as a tool and some of those principles and, and probably others to invest in leaders within our church. And then number four, we are going to find creative ways to address community needs. We're already exploring some some ideas that uh, are, are pretty big. But we've got uh, a ton of people around us that are communicating with us. We're, we're inviting some uh, local civic leaders into the conversation, uh, some other churches that uh, are already doing what we're thinking of doing. Uh, we're going to be imaginative, um, and we're going to be used by God to solve problems, to help address community needs. As Glenn Gray says, generosity is the capacity to participate imaginatively in others' experiences. And when we do that as a church, when we engage imaginatively into the needs of the people around us, they're going to be drawn to Christ. They're going, to, they're going to ask all kinds of questions. And they will be coming to us instead of us trying to figure out how to go to them. Because we came to help them to have shade. To help them have a place to land. To be a blessing to our community. To be a cedar that provides strength and so I'm grateful for the last couple of years and this opportunity to build deep roots. But I'm also excited for the things I believe God is calling us to next. And I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week.
We'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>